Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... I noticed that there weren't a lot of, I guess, what we call wellbeing programs within prison facilities. There were a lot of criminogenic programs, not along the wellbeing side. So I was given an opportunity by Queensland Corrective Services. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 381 of Impact Boom. My name is Eliana Cruz, and I'm passionate about bringing the latest interviews and insights of the Business for Good movement. Today, we're speaking with Sonia Brown-Diaz. Sonia founded yoga on the inside in 2018. The heartfelt need to make yoga and mindfulness practices accessible to everyone grow from her lived experience of dealing with a diagnosis and symptoms of PTSD, the stillbirth of her twin sons in 2003, and the path which led her yoga practice of now more than 17 years, it's what fuels this hard work and karma yoga for Sonia. In 2019, Sonia and Yoga on the Inside became an affiliate of Prison Yoga Project founded by James Fogg, which has brought yoga to incarcerated people in the USA and other countries for over 20 years. In 2022 alone, Sonia and her team of experienced facilitators have served an average of 197 incarcerated people each month in 15 programs across eight correctional facilities in Fort Dade around Australia. On today's podcast, we will discuss Sonia's experience and insight into her work in providing yoga and embodying mindfulness programs to those who are in the fringes or marginalized, and also her key learnings from participating in the Elevate Plus 2023 Accelerator Program. Sonia, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Eliana. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. So kicking off, Sonia, could you please share a little bit more about your background and what led you to your passion in working with trauma-informed training as a social enterprise? As you mentioned in the intro there, Eliana, I have a history of lived experience with trauma. And as you mentioned, that I guess originated from the traumatic event that happened in 2003 when I experienced the stillbirth of my twin sons, Isaac and Curtis. Not long after that tragic time, I ended up falling pregnant naturally with my daughter, who is now 18 years old. However, what occurred was 
was that there wasn't too long a time between the death of my sons and the birth of my daughter, probably about a year and a half all in between that time. And I think reflecting back, I noticed that there wasn't a lot of grieving time and a lot of support around how to process this traumatic event. And once I started going to yoga class a year or so after the birth of my daughter, I noticed that a lot had started shifting in my space, in my mental space, and in my emotional space as well. And I started noticing the release of a lot of that blocked energy, if you like, and a lot of, I was able to get in touch with my body a lot more, which again, on upon reflection, I had lots of symptoms of PTSD, which at that time wasn't diagnosed. So I had things like dissociation. I, I had no connection between my mind and my body. So I wasn't really able to feel what was happening within my body when I was feeling any type of emotion. So that was really one of the key learnings for me about the practice that this had the possibility and the benefits of dealing with these symptoms in a more holistic way. It was a nice adjunct modality to other therapy services that I was receiving, you know, counselling and psychology services. So it was a nice holistic way for me to address the symptoms of trauma that I was experiencing. And I guess the passion then started to, I was starting to think to myself, this has so much benefit to so many people. And eventually when I did my yoga teacher training in early 2018, I never really had a desire to teach in studios because in my mind, I was thinking, well, there's lots of places for people to go to undertake a yoga class. But I noticed that in the yoga classes that I would typically go to, it seemed to be a little bit of a sensation sensation in me at least that I had to please the teacher. I didn't have much autonomy in how I practiced. I didn't have a lot of choice and control. It felt to some degree like a bit of a performance and that sensation of having to keep up and not really listen to my body and what it felt like on that day. So I decided that what I wanted to do was make available a practice that was accessible. And that accessibility was more around, you know, there are lots of people out there on the fringes, or if you want to call them marginalized, who have an array of perhaps mental health issues, who are experiencing symptoms of PTSD or trauma who perhaps don't feel that going to a studio is the right place for them yeah. and perhaps that they wouldn't be well supported in a studio setting. So it was for me my mission to aid people to thrive and not just survive. It was very important for me to say, well, there are a lot of people out there in need. How can we bring them to the practice? Not just take the practice to them, but how can we bring them to the practice? How can we make it trauma-informed so that any sensations that they experienced during a traumatic event in their lives, where more often than not these events present themselves in a way where the person feels or felt like they had no choice or control. And that's irrespective of the type of event that they went through. It's an underlying sort of thread amongst people who have experienced trauma that they felt that they didn't have any choice or control in what was happening to them, what was being done to them. 
And that was very much the case for me in my event of losing my sons. I didn't have a lot of choice or control over how I was treated, what was happening to me, um, physical restraints that were happening at the time. So it was one of these things that was like, we need to give people choice and control. We need to have a person-centered approach and a trauma-informed approach in how we facilitate classes to those who are experiencing these symptoms. Thanks, Sonia, for sharing your personal experience and for using all the tools and techniques that you learn in your journey to help another people heal themselves and become better and feel better. As the founder at Yoga on the Inside, could you please tell us more about the project and the work that you are involved in? So <clears throat> I started Yoga on the Inside in 2010, not long after I had finished doing my yoga teacher training down at Byron Yoga Centre and started by reaching out to community organisations that already supported people at risk or people who had adversity in their lives or were potentially experiencing symptoms of trauma, dissociation, just being marginalised. And so I started by approaching the local PCYC in Carindale, and they have a program there called the RUBY program. So it stands for Rise Up, Be Yourself. And that's a program that services uh, women who are affected by domestic and family violence. So started by volunteering there and taking a program to them. Later in 2019, sorry, early in 2019, I should say, I'd done about six months of research into what programs are available to people who are incarcerated. So I started looking at the incarceration setting and correctional services. And I started with Queensland because obviously I live in Brisbane, so it made sense. And I noticed that there weren't a lot of I guess what we call well-being programs within prison facilities. There were a lot of criminogenic programs, so programs that address the offending nature of, of why people are there. So, you know, lots of alcohol and other drug programs, domestic and family violence programs, educational literacy and numeracy programs that had chaplains that came in and dealt with, I guess, the spiritual side of people's needs who are incarcerated, but not along the well-being side. So I was given an opportunity by Queensland Corrective Services after connecting with them to speak to their violence prevention coordinators at a monthly meeting. And I proposed the trauma-informed yoga and embodied mindfulness program to them. By this stage, I'd been to the UK and done training with James Fox and Josephine Wickstrom from Prison Yoga Project. And that sort of fueled the fire in me, I think, to address the need for this sort of practice in incarcerated settings. Finally, we were given an opportunity with Brisbane Women's Correctional Centre for a 10-week pilot 
program and we did that program with their protection prisoners. We got some wonderful feedback. So we evaluated the program and we got some wonderful feedback. That then led to them deciding to continue the program and open it up to all the incarcerated people that they serve they care for. So we've now been there for close to four years providing programs. From 2019 onwards, the programs in prison started to expand. And now we have, like you said, we've got 15 programs across eight prisons in four states. Within Australia, we've got 10 facilitators that facilitate these programs who are highly experienced, which is really good. We've also been engaged by Mates for Mates. So Mates for Mates is a veteran support service and they support um, existing and ex-defence personnel here in Australia and we provide trauma-informed restorative yoga classes for them. So that's been a wonderful collaboration with them and a partnership. And we've also been privileged to be approached by Beyond DV, which is a family and domestic violence support organisation here in Brisbane that runs a whole bunch of programs. And one of those includes our services of providing trauma-informed yoga practice to the people that they support. So it's been really wonderful. And, you know, when we continue to diversify, I guess, to some degree, because the intention of the work that we do is not to um, serve just one particular cohort, so not just people who are incarcerated, not just people affected by family and domestic violence, but to some degree servicing those peripheral organisations that support people who may be deemed or we like to label as at risk. So alcohol and other drug or substance abuse rehabilitation clinics, youth at risk, people from low socioeconomic backgrounds who perhaps, you know, don't have the viability financially or otherwise to attend a yoga class. So there's numerous ways in which we can support other organizations to provide these services. Yeah, awesome. So many great initiatives that you have done so far. And listening to all this amazing experience, could you please share a little bit more about what have some of your biggest challenges been in the yoga on the inside journey so far? And what lessons have you learned as a result? I think the biggest lesson, and I kind of giggle a little bit because the biggest lesson I've learned so far is that particularly dealing with government agencies, like corrections is that we need to have a lot of patience in I guess awaiting a result from them when we start those initial conversations about introducing a program and then to when that actually comes to fruition because government organizations just in general you know take a lot of time to make decisions and a lot of the time that comes down to you know, decisions around funding for the programs. So these are fee-for-service type of programs. So it's really important that we have a practice or I have a practice for myself that is centred around being patient. So being patient, knowing that, okay, well, we still need to follow up every so often and see where things are at. 
because often the people, the correctional facility especially, the people who are interested in implementing these programs aren't necessarily the decision makers as to whether something will go ahead. It's great to see that there is a lot of progressive thinking and thinking outside the box that's happening. So we just need to be patient. The other, I think, challenge is, for me, it's around funding. So you know, applying for grants and things like that. There are only certain amount of grants that are available to people or organisations that are not not-for-profit. So there's a lot of funding for not-for-profit organisations and charities, but there aren't a lot of grant opportunities there for sole trader or social enterprises. And so some of these challenges we're able to overcome by collaborating or partnering with other organisations who are already in this space who perhaps have access to funding or that we can contribute to their programs. So we can still have a huge impact if we collaborate with other organisations that serve these demographics. And I think the biggest challenge also is just to remind ourselves, well, I remind myself on a daily basis that this is never about me. This is never about business for me. This is about those that we're serving. And how can we serve these people the best? Who is it that we're serving? So if we make this about ourselves, we kind of lose the purpose of why we're doing what we're doing. So it's really important to me that, you know, we just, I check in with myself and go, hey, you know, we just got to keep pushing and keep trying because this is not about us. Yeah. That's really important to keep the purpose clear so you can overcome any challenge during this journey. So, Sonia, where do you believe social enterprise fit into helping people with significant difficulties within their lives? And also, what opportunities have you identified for social entrepreneurs? I think that social enterprises usually, I think, I'm probably generalizing here, but they're usually created or they usually come about by individuals with a vision and also with lived experience in the areas that they want to see a change. And it's usually they want to see a change for good. Helping people with significant difficulties, usually sometimes that's something that's personal to us. You know, we've had a personal difficulty. We've been able to perhaps find ways in which to address those difficulties or um transform ourselves in a way that we are now thriving and not just surviving and having that lived experience is something that like you said in my intro it fuels that desire to help and not help in a pity type of way but help for the betterment of all of our communities I think social entrepreneurs seem to have this radar that they're sort of tuned into where the change is needed and they understand the problem to be solved. There's something about also talking to people so that we don't get into this mindset of, oh, I had this experience, therefore I know how to solve it. So being able to talk to others and get their experience of what helped them so We don't sort of go down this path of thinking we have the answers for everyone, but being able to speak to other people with similar lived experience, those that we want to serve, and being able to identify, well, what are 
their problems? What are their needs? I think it's a beautiful way of being able to give back to community. Yeah, I totally agree. It's beautiful to see how personal experience or personal trauma or crisis bring a lot of inspiration for people to create these social enterprises. And very proud at Impact Boom to be working with you in our Elevate Plus Accelerator program this year. Thank um, you. One of my questions is, what are the key lessons from the program that will be valuable for other purpose-led entrepreneurs seeking to create this impact? I think the key lesson for me so far has been to really remember who the end user is of the impact that we want to make. Who is it that we are trying to bring on board here or who is it that we're trying to serve? And in my case, because this is not a product, it's a service that we provide it's you know who is it that we are serving here and remembering who that is I think keeps us connected to our purpose and it also may mean that remembering that helps us redefine our purpose from time to time yeah Um, I think that's really important that we don't go down this path of thinking oh I've got it locked down I know what my purpose is And being too headstrong about that, I think being able to be flexible in your thinking and saying, hey, I thought it was this, I thought this is who we were serving, but actually, no, we're serving this particular population or this is the impact we want to make, not what I originally thought. So I think the Accelerator Program has been really helpful in helping me at least almost. And because I think for me, it's because Yoga on the Inside has been going for four years. It's helped me redefine that and revisit what it is that we're doing, why we're doing it. So those two lessons, you know, who are we serving? Why are we serving them? And what is it that we want the outcomes to be for the people who engage in the service? The Elevate Plus Accelerator program has also given me, I guess, that opportunity to sort of think outside the box or, if you like, pull back the layers of the onion and go, okay, what is possible? Because often it's very easy to think we have all the answers and just look at things from one perspective. But if you're able to peel back those layers of the onion and ask some different questions and involve other people, I think it's been great to be with this cohort of people who will say to you, hey, what about this? Have you thought about that? And you can share that. Like that helps them as well when you ask those questions. So that collaboration collaboration with this cohort of sort of like-minded people has been amazing and you know we all have different social enterprises that we're working on different fields different areas of community that we might want to impact but you know we've all got a similar purpose in the sense that we somehow want to make a difference for the betterment of people, whether it be socially, environmentally, economically. So I think the program sort of brings people together like that. Thank you so much, Sonia, for sharing your experience in the Elevate Plus Accelerator program. It is indeed a beautiful cohort. And I've been seeing how everyone is developing their initiatives with all the feedback and network is such an amazing group and I feel like working all together is creating more innovation in their own project. Mm. So to continue, yes. 
Awesome. Sonia, what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently which are creating positive social change? I think one of the ones that stands out, and I'm in a similar field to them, is Green Fox Studios, who I know have been part of the Elevate Plus Accelerator program in the past. I guess that sort of resonates with me because they're also helping people who are incarcerated. So they're helping them through graphic design, learning, creation, providing educational learning opportunities for them, work opportunities. So giving them skills that will help them once they're released and giving these people themselves purpose that their time incarcerated is not wasted. They have the potential to transform their lives through meaningful work, through meaningful learning opportunities. So I think that sort of initiative really resonates with me on that level. There's also Beyond DV. So Beyond DV also resonates with me because they provide services to people who are affected by family and domestic violence. And, you know, sometimes we think, oh, their service is just for women, but they're collaborating with some men's groups as well. So they're sort of addressing all of community that can benefit from learning more about this horrible situation that seems to be only escalating. So how can we address this in a community sense? So what they're doing and who they're servicing and the amazing programs that they have is really inspirational. You know, uh, Carolyn Robinson, who's the CEO and the founder of Beyond DV, yeah. she's just an exceptional human being. She pushes and she fights for change and she collaborates with other people as well. So it's an all-of-community approach. So I really love what she's doing there. I think the other one that I really love from a personal perspective is an organization called Lemonade Kids and Lemonade Kids is founded by Beck Iden and it's a community organization. They help kids build resilience, self-awareness, empowerment. They help them find and deal with feelings. They discuss things about bullying and what a good friendship is and what their values are. They're, they're providing a service to the adults of tomorrow, you know, our future generation. I think their service is like for five to 17-year-olds and it's just a wonderful way of connecting and reaching with young kids who are struggling in these times of lots of social media and things like that and the impacts of that. So it's a really lovely little program that, yeah, has got the potential to make huge impact for the kids in our communities. Yeah, great. Thanks so much for sharing these amazing projects and initiatives. We will share all these links and resources in the website mm -hmm. so our audience can have a look. Wonderful. Finish off. What books, Sonia, or resources would you like to recommend to our listeners? A couple of books. One that I guess really got me thinking more about the work that I want to do with yoga on the inside and got me thinking about the 
physical, the emotional, the psychological effects of what happens to a person when they experience a traumatic event. And sometimes, you know, those things happen in early childhood, but that's not always the case. You know, it could be that somebody has gone to war and they've had a perfectly good childhood. So it could be something that happens at any stage of life. But the book is The Body Keeps the Score by... Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. I almost use that as a daily reference point that reminds me of what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, why I'm doing it, and that there is evidence base around the work that we're doing, that this is not some pipe dream work that we're doing. It's something that is grounded and based on evidence and years and decades of research. So that is one book that I can highly recommend. And To anyone who's working in the mental health space or in therapy space, the other book is a book called What Happened to You? And that's authored by Dr. Bruce Perry and co-authored by Oprah Winfrey. What I love about this book is that it gets you to look at human beings rather through a lens of what's wrong with you and perhaps ask the question, what happened to you? Because often we look at, you know, even kids in the classroom, you know, they're acting up or they've got some sort of behavioral issue going on. And we're very quick to judge people and stereotype them and say, oh, what's wrong with you then maybe if we looked at people through a lens of oh what happened to you you know what happened to you that ended up committing a crime of any description you know I think that people aren't born innately bad or evil it's usually a matter of circumstance and sometimes upbringing and so it's really important that for me that I look at people through that lens of oh what happened to you and just be curious a little bit other book that I'm reading at the moment is called Zen and the Art of Saving the Planet by Thich Nhat Hanh. And it's just a beautiful book about why it is that we want to make change in the world and how do we go about it with compassion and kindness, with purpose, without attachment to the outcomes, but we still do the work regardless. So that's a beautiful book that I'm reading. And another one is, the last one I'll mention is a book by Gregory Boyle. And it's called Tattoos on the Heart. And I guess this one sort of resonates with me a little bit too in the working with people who are incarcerated. And so this author, Gregory, is a priest, a chaplain in the US, and he works with young members of gangs who have been involved in gang crime. And he provides this amazing support for them and he's got an organization called homeboy industries and so he provides work opportunities training counseling food in their bellies a roof over their head anything that is that they need so that they can start seeing that they can be contributing members of the community and it doesn't have to be through violence so he's made a huge impact on a lot of people amazing what a wonderful books that you just recommended we are gonna put all the links to those books in the website so our listeners can have a look of this beautiful information thank you so much sonia for being with us today it's been such a pleasure and so inspiring to see your whole journey and how you are creating amazing opportunities based on your own personal experience thank you so much for your time 
and we are very excited to see your final pitch from the Elevate Plus Accelerator Program the 15th of June in Brisbane at the Trifid. We will put all the details for the final show. Thank you so much, Sonia, for being with us today. Thank you, Eliana. Thanks to Impact Boom also for the wonderful opportunity to tell my story and where yoga on the inside, where the idea was born from, where it stemmed from and the impact that we want to make. So I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to you and to the listeners and happy for people to reach out if they want to. And I'm sure you'll provide all the details there. So if anyone wants to know more, happy to have a chat. Yes. Thank you so much, Sonia. All the best. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.